Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Okay, we got to talk about some Britney Spears news. This is a fluid situation, and it seems like each and every day we have another story about Britney. This is the Colleen and Bradley Show. My Talk 1071, streaming live at MyTalk1071.com, everything entertainment. Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley Trainers on vacation. Holly Roberts and I are here keeping you informed. Yeah, because we have to keep up on all the Britney Spears news that's rolling out every day. I mean, it's bonkers. Okay, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lay out kind of what uh, the theme of this conversation is about. But then it's going to get messy because there's a lot of pieces when it comes to Britney right now that Mm -hmm. are just a little bit messy. Yeah. So the story goes like this. Last night, Britney Spears or yesterday, Britney Spears posted a photo to her Instagram. People paying a lot of attention to her Instagram. Yeah, we have paid very close attention to Britney Spears' Instagram account in the past. For good reason. Mm -hmm. Uh, The picture is a picture of her from behind she's sitting on the edge of a bathtub um, and it's her naked back and her hair sort of swept to the side okay that's all the picture is so that's the that's that's what the subject of the conversation is is a picture of Brittany's bare back mm-hmm. well now I will confess that when I saw that yesterday my first thought was wow I think that's pretty photoshopped and then I went on with my life but I did first read the comments And what is interesting in the comments is you, it is a lot of people trying to figure out, A, is that really her? And then then there are people trying to prove that it is really her and show, you know, specific markings on her back, et cetera, and where they've seen them in other pictures and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Anyway, the point is, anytime Britney posts anything, there is a lot of scuttle about it. Now, this morning... She posted another uh, picture on her Instagram, which is this is a thing that she does um, pretty frequently where she takes like a quote from Albert Einstein or something. Oh, sure. Well, she takes memes and then repurposes them. And then she puts her own caption on them. This This meme says, while you're talking behind my back, feel free to bend down and kiss my... And this was her caption to that picture. So I, okay, so I edited out my tattoo on my neck because I wanted to see what it would look like clean. And yeah, I like it better. So while you guys are talking behind my back, go ahead and kiss my haters. And what she's referring to is the fact that one of the things that's missing from the picture is a tattoo that she has on her neck. And it is uh, a Hebrew word for healing. Uh, It's written in Hebrew on her neck. Mm -hmm. And so um, it's a very small tattoo, but it is missing from this picture of her back. Now, I do want to draw your attention to something else. Yes, I'm, I'm looking. Where are we going? Okay. She has to the left of her spine... 
right to the right of her left shoulder blade. So between her shoulder blade and her spine, uh huh, she has a mole. Oh uh, yeah, uh huh. And people were uh, zeroing in on that to use that to prove that that was in fact Britney Spears' back. That that was her back because she has a strategic mole. Now I just want to point out that there are people in our audience right now that are going, ah. This is exhausting. Who cares? Oh Why are we talking about this? Oh, Colleen, well, be so quiet. as far as I'm concerned, you're right. None of what I've just said is interesting at all. No, it's a, it's a picture of a back, and it's one of those things where you're like, "Ooh, that's really photoshopped." Yeah, I mean, you can see the curve. Yeah, there she she did she face tuned her body. Oh, and who actually cares? And everybody does it. But the re- true. But the reason why this actually matters is that this is the piece that's messy, right? So Britney Spears spoke out at her own conservatorship hearing a few, a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And that has sort of opened up the floodgates for speculation about what has gone on inside her conservatorship. Who's who's the bad guy? Who's the good guy? Um, people are leaving so that they can get as far away from this as possible, including a, a manager of hers. The trust that had been set up to manage her finances has left uh, her court-appointed lawyer has left. All of this stuff is happening at the same time. Yeah. And at the same time, an article came out in The New Yorker that really kind of pulled back the curtain of a lot of what was going on with these players Mm -hmm. behind the scenes. One of the things that is talked about in that article is how her social media is run. Yes. So we've always sort of wondered that, right? Who's behind her social media? Well, we've been wondering that It feels like years Mm -hmm. at a certain point in time, like on Britney Spears's Instagram account is what we are seeing with our own two eyes. Is that something that Britney posts herself? Is it something that she sends to a social media manager and then the social media manager just acts as an intermediate intermediate entity to just post and manage? Right. Or. Is it manipulated and constructed by a social media manager to project certain images and certain perceptions of Britney Spears that behoove the conservatorship? Right. Now, what we don't have is any concrete answer, but what we do have is some things that we know just from various different sources. Mm -hmm. One of them is that her social media is run by a woman by the name of Cassie Petrie. Yes. Who runs a, a company called CrowdSurf. And what they do at CrowdSurf is they run people's social media. And I think that we've known the name Cassie Petrie, I feel like at least for a year, because she works with a lot of, I think she works, she might work with the Backstreet Boys. She might work with other musicians of Britney Spears caliber caliber, Mm -hmm. and in that era of music specifically. So, yeah, so she's she definitely and she's a hustler herself. Like she's a young person who has built this entire business and she's the one that manages the social media in that New Yorker article that we talked about at the very beginning of the week that Ronan Farrow was involved in uh, in the in the writing of it and the investigation. We understand that her social media team meets with the conservators and they have lengthy conversations about what's going out over her Instagram. Oh yeah. It, it's, it's strategic. Yes. Everything that's put on Britney Spears's Instagram is strategic in one way or another. It's not just like, Oh, I found this Albert Einstein quote right. and I feel inspired by it and I want to share it with the world. So here's where I feel like we're in this like strange in between liminal space when it comes to Britney Spears. 
is it's not clear right now who's doing what. Yeah. What we're seeing in the public is people leaving her, the conservatorship, and we're seeing an article that an investigative report being written about how she's managed. And we're seeing her Instagram continue to be populated when over the course of the last couple of years, we've had a lot of questions about whether or not it was really Britney, what they're trying to tell us through these posts. And I think the thing that people I think what people are focused on, but aren't being articulate about is what's actually like who? Who is this? Yeah. Who's behind this? Yeah, we don't know. We don't know. And that's why it's messy. The problem is Brittany is maybe on the other side of that. But then this makes me go back to the um, the post that NT Lawyer, the um, blind item today, that NT Lawyer said about the fact that Brittany only has a f- one phone and it has pre-programmed phone numbers in it. Yeah, and that she can't speak to anybody else. Also, the Which Brit- tells me she can't be doing Instagram either. Well, no, she can't be doing Instagram. Also, what's really confusing and what makes this really messy, Colleen, about all of this is that we heard Britney Spears give her statement to the court. Yes. And the way that Britney Spears was addressing the court is much different than the way she's acting on right. social media. Now, we all have different parts of ourselves that we reveal in certain platforms mm-hmm. and, and aspects of life. But there is such a marked difference between the way Britney Spears talked in court, which, by the way, that audio was leaked. We were not supposed to hear right, that. Right, that's true. You yes. Know, and, and Colleen, you were gone, but L.A. County Superior Court stopped doing that audio period because, oh, wow. of, because it was leaked. Wow. So they were like, nope. So that was a mistake. We were never supposed to hear that. Oh, yikes. So that speaks to the fact that whoever leaked that wanted us to hear that part of Britney Spears, which is opposed to the Britney Spears that we see on social media. Mm -hmm. That high pitched, very uncomfortable. What we got was like a real like a warrior. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I I actually I'm sorry, I need to double back to that really quick about how that um, audio was leaked, Mm -hmm. because it seemed to me that at was it were were the press, though, allowed to hear it? Um, You know, I can't speak to that exactly. And the reason I'm asking is because in in her in the recording, she says to the judge, Mm -hmm. all I want is to be able to speak in an open forum for reporters to hear, which I guess is what we're doing now, which tells me that maybe the reporters were allowed to be there mm-hmm. and hear it. Well, the judge said that recording of that wasn't allowed. Okay. So so somebody recorded. That's the problem is that there were other people that could hear it, but they were not supposed to be recording it. Exactly. Aha. Uh-huh. Interesting. Yeah. Well, again, I just feel like we need to be patient with Brittany, keep paying attention, and uh, we will know what we can know at some point, and we may not ever know the whole story. But when we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show, what we do know is that we get to eat something. It's Friday, which means it's a cheat day. We'll cheat after this on My Talk 1071. Hey, it's Friday, everybody, on the Colleen and Bradley show, My Talk 1071, streaming live at MyTalk1071.com. Everything entertainment. Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley Trainer is on vacation. Holly Roberts and I are here with you. Yes. And it is Friday. And you know what that means? It's time to cheat. It's cheat day. Dirty, rotten cheetah. Cheat day. Taste.
taste test. Stick this in your mouth. I'm so excited to stick this in our mouths. Okay, oh, so yeah. first of all, the, there's a couple things you need to know before I tell you exactly what this is. Number one is there is a lifelong debate on the Colleen and Bradley show, and it is cake or pie. Mm-hmm. Now, I have always firmly landed on Team Pie. Oh, wasn't that nice for Holly, you. as I recall, you are Team Cake. Yes! But you can be on a team and still appreciate the other thing. Oh, absolutely. It's right. not an either-or situation. It can be a both yes, You can have preference. Well, today it is my preference. Um, because what happened was our boss sent us an email or a text last night. Our boss, B. Arthur, and she said, Hey, I got something for you. Psst. And we were like, what is it? She said, it's a Betty's pie. <gasps> what is Betty's pie, you ask? <laughs> so when you are headed north on Highway 61 in, uh, you know, between Duluth and Grand Marais, Grand Marais, you will come across in Two Harbors, Minnesota, on the side of the road, a great big structure called Betty's Pies. Holly? Have you ever tried a Betty's pie? I have not. Holly has never had I, Betty's pies. I have never had Betty's pies, but they're so famous. I knew exactly what it was when B. Arthur texted us yes. last night. I was like, uh, yes, we will be having that tomorrow. Thank you for helping us plan the show. Okay, so let me really quickly give you a, a, a history lesson on Betty's pies before we eat this pie, and I'll tell everybody which pie we have. Apparently... I did not know this. I just thought Betty was like this amazing baker and just was like, let's have a pie stand. And then people like heard that she had good pies. People come and eat my pie. No, apparently uh, Betty's pies actually started as a fish shack. Betty's mother or father, I mean, father, Alec, built a fish shack by the river on Highway 61, thinking this will serve the fishermen. They can have goodies waiting when they make pit stops when they're out doing the fishing. So Betty started making donuts and coffee. And then one day uh, they ended up selling hamburgers, hot dogs, etc. And then she started baking the pies. And then the pies were the thing that really caught fire. And so, with no further ado, if you look at the Betty the Betty's Pies menu, we have in front of us a caramel apple crunch pie. Oh, hold on. Which is one of the uh, regular fixtures. And by the way, you it's can glistening. order these. Now, we're lucky because this is close-ish for us. But you can order them. They they do through Goldbelly. They do. Nationwide. So, if you are not in well, the this, Twin Cities or, yeah. you know, near... You can get one of these slices, beautiful slices of pie or a full pie from Betty's Pie through Gold Belly. Now, aesthetically, this is very pleasing, Colleen. Oh, this look. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to do's, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, 
Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Looks like a slice of pie as it should be. You know, because sometimes yes. you cut into a piece of pie and it just goes... Like everything on the inside gets... No, yeah. when I cut this pie... The apple, and this is how you can tell it's real, like real apple filling. I mean, I just get the feeling that Betty's pies would like not do with uh, canned, you know, innards. Oh, sure. But you can see how like I, you slice through the apple and it all stays put. It's got a crumbly top. It's got a drizzle of the caramel. Why don't you go in first? Because yeah. I've actually had a Betty's pie before. Not this one. Um, and I know how delicious they are. And I will tell you, it smells like it was just baked. And that's one thing I love about Betty's pies is like, I think the ingredients are so good and fresh that everything always smells like it just came out of the oven. Oh, that's really good pie. Colleen. It's it's good. Yeah. You take a bite. So this pie has really great consistency. Mm. It's, it has the tartness Mm -hmm. that you kind of want with an apple pie, Mm -hmm. but it's not so overwhelmingly sweet, but Mm -hmm. it is sweet. Mm -hmm. I mean, let's be clear. There's probably a ton of sugar in this thing, but it's good, but it is real, real good. I will say, and some nice crumblies on top. The crumblies are good. And the crumblies are, um, they're crunchy ish, which I always worry about that with a pie, right? That Mm -hmm. like, if it sits for a little bit, that you're going to lose the crumble. Yeah. But can I also just, I'm not, I'm, I am just going to say this. I burned my mouth at lunch. And so my taste buds might be a little off, but I'm not getting a big caramel vibe from this. Are you? Is there supposed to be? That's what that drizzle is on the top. Well, that's fine. It doesn't have to be overwhelming. Yeah. I'm fine with it not being caramel forward. That's, I mean, that's it fine. is, it's like fine. I said, it's just a drizzle. Can can we also talk about, before we rate this, which we're going to in just a second, I just want to talk about I'm going to throw out just a couple of the flavors of pies that are available. Oh, it looks really good, Colleen. Five-layer chocolate cream pie. What? Yeah, coconut cream pie. Okay. Turtle coconut cream pie. Sure. Right? Thank you. <laughs> um, they have a Butterfinger cream pie. Um, I'm surprised we're not getting in the car right now to go. Uh, how how many Cobras are you giving Betty's pie today, Holly? I'm giving it four out of five. I'm going to give it a four and a half out of five. This okay. is some good pie right here. Team Pie wins again. All right, when we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show, celebrities behaving badly. We call them D-bags. We'll tell you about them after this on My Talk 1071. Celebrities behaving badly. We love to tell you about them on the Colleen and Bradley show, My Talk 1071, streaming live at MyTalk1071.com. Everything Entertainment, Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley, trainers on vacation. Holly Roberts and I are here with you. Indeed. With a little sugar high from some pie. Uh-huh. Yep. Check out our uh, YouTube page or YouTube channel to see our cheat day experiences. YouTube, yeah. But we've moved on from that now. Uh, we're going to tell you about some celebrities behaving badly. We call them douchebags. Presenting Lord and Lady Douchebag of the Day. Of the Day. Who's your D-bag, Kelly? Well, I guess I'm going to say Instagram food influencers, but specifically one by the name of Food God. I feel like we can give him one of these. Yeah, he's been showing up. It's been a a hot second, but we're glad that he's back. 
So, uh, are we? No. no. Grace Perry is the journalist that we have to thank for this from the takeout. Oh, thanks, honey. Grace wrote this article with the headline, Food God is a normal person who eats totally normally. Oh, it's that's in sarcasm font. Oh, okay. I was like, oh, you mean that he actually doesn't eat any of the stuff that he purports to eat on Instagram? That well, I would believe. He actually does, but it's not nor none of it is normal. Okay, so then the subheading of this is Instagram influencers, they're just like us, except they eat ice cream with shovels. And then Grace takes us on a whole journey where she shows us a number of different food and beverage influencers and how they kind of make everything look unrealistic. Oh, you don't say. And then we get to Food God. And I am once again reminded of the nonsense that he does. Now, Food God, you'll remember, is formerly Jonathan Chabon. Yes, and you say formally because he actually changed his name to Food God, one word. He legally changed his actual given name from a normal name like Jonathan Chabon to one word, food god. Uh, okay. Right. I mean, live your life. Yes. But you also have your name as food god registered trademark. It's true. <laughs> so he also, you also know him because he was a Kardashian sidekick. He's He was uh, originally known as Kim's bestie. Um, and I'm here. I would love to sit in the middle of those two and like really understand their relationship. Because she kind of keeps him around. Like, she's still there for him. She He showed up in the final episodes, in the final season of Keeping Up with the Kardashians. Yeah, he's on the periphery. He's definitely on the periphery. But I, I there's this piece of me that wonders if there isn't a little bit of the Kardashians that's like, I don't, he's so low class. <laughs> like, his oh, sure. whole entire thing now, his entire existence, his whole career is around eating gigantic food. I don't believe he eats it. I don't believe I think Colleen, he tries it. I think he does what we do for cheat day and tries things. Yeah, well, try things. I don't mm-hmm. think that he's. I, I. I just. I don't buy the whole thing. No, the whole and, and it's bizarre. And it's like why, you know, to your point, Colleen, why has this guy leaned into the extreme food? social media influencer world. Yeah. I mean, I suppose the answer could be just like he found a niche and he was making money on it and then he just leaned into it. But it it's just it's it it's not it, it's off. It's so strange. <laughs> it's a strange niche, but yeah. he's he's definitely doing it and what he basically focuses on are these sort of like big novelty foods which is again Creative, okay. I mean, he already had a huge following on social media because he was Kim Kardashian's bestie. Yes, and I guess he's found a way to monetize it. However, I do. I have a lot of questions about how they go about that. Anyway, <laughs> there is uh, this this article, and this is why he's my d bag. Contains a video of him making like a cake that is supposed to look like the world's largest ice cream cone, and then eating it with a shovel. Okay. Yeah. Why? Why? Why not? Why not? I suppose so. I mean, really, food Instagram. It's a thing. It's a, Well, it's a thing, but I would say that its whole tagline would be, why not? Why not? Why not? What why else not? are we doing? Yeah, what else are we doing? Why yeah. not make a, a fake novelty ice cream cone that's supposed to be the world's largest? Why not? Right? What, what else are we going What gonna, else do we have going on? What else do we have going on? No big deal. No big deal. The ocean's on fire. <laughs> But he's making a giant ice cream cone 
and then eating it with a shovel. Why not? <laughs> Why not? Uh, who's your D-bag, Holly? <laughs> Thank you, Colleen. You're welcome. Thank you. Uh, my D-bag, I don't necessarily know if this person is a household name, but they've been around for quite some time. It's a person named Barry Diller. Any relation to Phyllis? Unfortunately, no, because that would actually be fun. No, Barry Diller is the spouse of Diane von Furstenberg, oh, the designer. Sure. He is a billionaire media mogul in his own right. He's currently, his net worth, $3.6 billion. But he's my D-bag today because of his eye-rolly perspective mm. that the movie business is over. Okay. Barry Diller's like, mm, the movie business is over. So to put this into context, this conversation happening at the Allen and Company Sun Valley Conference. Now, if you don't know what that is, that's fine because we're all not rich and powerful enough to go. True. This is the like billionaire summer camp where they go and they wear their their you know fleece vests and khaki pants. Yes. And sit around and talk about the way that the world is going right now. Mm-hmm. Well, Barry Diller had the insight that the movie business is over. It's finished. It's never coming back. Okay, I don't even really know what that means, right? Because the movie business is here very much alive. Yeah, and you know, Barry Diller had this to say, I used to be in the movie business where you made something really because you cared about it. Isn't that what they still do? Yeah, also... Barry Diller. Yeah, I'm sure that you used to make movies in Hollywood like The Towering Inferno because you really cared right, about it. Right, because it really was meaningful to you. Yeah, I, it was really meaningful. Mm-hmm. No, he didn't make The Towering Inferno. But I'm just saying that we've right. had dumb, mindless blockbusters since the beginning of Hollywood. Right. So, I'm here to say, Barry Diller, actually, the movie industry is very much alive. Yeah. But it looks different than it did 50 years ago. And that's what he's yelling about. And that's what he's Mm -hmm. yelling about. It's not my movie business anymore. It's not mine, and I'm not getting to run it the way that I used to Mm -hmm. 40 years ago. So surely it's broken because it's not the way that I think it should be looking like. And that's just like one of those things... Where it's like, no, actually, the movie business is really interesting right now. Now, there are some parts of the movie business that I, you could say that are not particularly interesting. Sure. And that's neither here nor there. And I'll, I will also... I, here's another thing I will say about the present day movie business. is It is trying to evolve and understand itself better. Meaning, even when we see like with awards shows... There's definitely a perspective that they are having on themselves and what they're doing that that is forward looking. Yeah. And he's not forward looking. No, he's not forward looking. He's backwards looking. Yeah. And so and he's also razzing streaming services, which is interesting because Spike Lee, he's the lead juror at the Cannes Film Festival right now. And I think he was talking on a panel and he was talking about the relationship between movies and streaming service. And he's like, well, this is the same conversation we've been having with movies and TV back in the 1950s. Since forever, things are evolving. Things are changing. It doesn't mean that things are over. Yeah. You just have to get with the change. You have to get with the evolution. Yeah. Well, Barry Diller also dissing all Amazon movies. He's like, these streaming services have been making something they call movies. He said, they're not movies. There's some weird algorithmic process that's created things to last 100 minutes or so. Okay. So he is not here for Amazon movies. 
actually there are prob- there are some good movies have, on Amazon Prime. I have what is going is probably a dumb question. Yeah, that's or fine. at least uh, here's what I'll say. I have what I believe people in the movie business would think was a dumb question. Mm-hmm. But I'll just ask it here. What even is a movie? Like how do we define a movie? Because what I hear often is some of the old school Hollywood uh people referring to movies as being just things that are projected on large screens. Yeah. But to me, a movie is a lengthy storytelling mechanism in moving pictures and sound that is a one is a is a one off. Meaning it's not a series. It's not like a television, right? Like that's why we have made for TV movies. They're made <laughs> to be on TV, but they're movies. Like we understand a movie as a lengthy storytelling mechanism where the entire story arc is contained within one sitting. Yeah, that's it. Because even a made for TV movie, you could put that in a movie theater and call it a movie. So that's when I get confused. So maybe it's not as dumb of a question as I thought it was. I, I just feel like we haven't really defined what movie means, or at least we're operating with different definitions. Well, it's operating with a definition of a movie that maybe existed back in the mm-hmm. 1970s. And I think he's talking, but like, he's not addressing some of the things that actually could be addressed that are maybe mm, limiting creativity in the world of like movies as he sees them. Mm-hmm. But he's not going there. He's just like going after Amazon. It's like, oh, it's just the algorithms or whatever, which is fresh for him because mm-hmm. he was sailing on Jeff Bezos yacht Ooh. just this past week. So it's like, honey, but it's just it's really dismissive because I actually think, you know, with streaming services, with these new distribution platforms, there's actually a lot of opportunity to for storytellers of all different kinds to tell stories that need to be told. And Barry Diller is being old and cranky. And it's like, fine, if you don't want to play in the movie business anymore, that's okay. Get back on the yacht and be quiet. Yeah, get back on the yacht and be quiet. Because actually, it's a very exciting time for storytellers. Thank you. It is a very exciting time. Go hang out on Jeff Bezos' yacht because he's going to space. And that's what these people are doing right now. Hi, 2021 yeah when we return uh on the colleen and bradley show we have a d-bag double down and you're oh boy. you're on warning minneapolis oh because it's, it's us oh well we yeah we have looked in the mirror and we yeah. have found the d-bags we were searching for and they exist among us okay oh we'll talk about it after this on my talk 1071 Holly, this is the Colleen and Bradley show on My Talk 1071, streaming live at MyTalk1071.com. Everything entertainment. I'm Colleen Lindstrom. Bradley Trainers on vacation. He'll be back on Monday. Holly Roberts and I have been happy to hang out with you all week long. And, uh, you know, Holly, sometimes we have just some extra D bag lying around, and uh, we have to do a D bag double down. Presenting Lord and Lady Douchebag of the Day. Minneapolis. Um. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't have a sound. For I know. That. It's okay. Okay. It's just I'm a little disappointed. I'm sad now. Well, don't be too sad because I. It's a. It's just a portion of Minneapolis. Oh, good. Good. good apparently, good. apparently, uh, Louis C.K. has booked a few nights 
to perform in our great city. And the tickets apparently sold out in record time within hours of the announcement. I'm not going to mention the club he's going to. It doesn't matter. Because you can't go anyway. Uh, Because, Because, yeah, you guys bought the tickets. Yeah. But uh, here's the deal. When it comes to Louis C.K., let's just review what happened. Oh, sure. Let's roll back that beautiful bean footage. That is a... Interesting choice of words. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Words, Holly, because what, um, what Louis C.K. did is he... Um, how do I even say this? Without the consent or with kind of a forced consent of many different female comics and otherwise. Yeah. Um, pleasured himself mm-hmm. in front of them. It was sort of a move. It was a thing that yeah. he liked to do. It was an abuse of power. Big time. Big time. And he would do this uh, sometimes in exchange for uh, advancements in their career mm-hmm. or support for their career mm-hmm. um, as a big famous celebrity comic. Mm-hmm. But apparently failed to see that as sexual assault. Yeah, because didn't I, you know, I don't have it in front of me, Colleen. And but he did basically write like I, you know, that's just what I did. Yeah. So he did do like a mea culpa for it. Mm-hmm. He, and then he said, I'm going to just take some time away and I'm going to listen. And then he came back and he started doing shows underground uh, in different countries. I think he'd started in England. Yes, Paris. Maybe it was Paris. Yeah. Doing shows in, you know, small comedy shops and people would take video or have recordings of these things. And then those things leaked. And what you heard was him basically making fun of what he had done. Mm -hmm. And this is why, listen, I find him to be a D bag. And I say this as somebody who used to be a big fan of his. Mm -hmm. Um, I liked his comedy in the beginning and then it kind of went to a really dark and twisted place. Um, But I watched his show. Yeah, I, I did too. This I'm not saying that it's unforgivable. It would have been forgivable had he actually uh, demonstrated some contrition and an understanding of what he had actually done. Sure. To people. Because his sets would say otherwise, where it would be like, oh, so now this is just part of your comedy bit and your routine. Right. And And that's the piece where I think I, I don't see any growth in him. And I don't know that I'm going to be running to any uh, club to see Louis C.K. anytime soon Mm -hmm. or interested in any project that he's taking part in. Um, Yeah, because we can make choices. Are we going to make the choice to amplify a voice like Louis C.K.'s or are we going to say, you know what? Maybe there are other comedians out there that we haven't had an opportunity to pay attention to, and we would like to amplify their voices. Yes. One of the things about this whole Louis C.K. case is that there were women who left comedy 
because of what Louis C.K. did. Yeah. And we never had an opportunity to see where their careers w- could have gone. Or we didn't have a chance to hear their perspective on stories. Right. And those were missed opportunities. Yes. They, and they were literally, or sorry, I should say, they were legitimately traumatized by what he did to them. Mm-hmm. And we will never get to hear their voices. And he has absolutely no awareness of that. Yeah. At least publicly. Now, I wanted to have this conversation before something else happens. Because this is a reality. Apparently, Bill Cosby is actually planning a comeback on the London stage. Oh, Since he's been freed from jail on a technicality, not because he is not guilty of uh, drugging and sexually assaulting tens of probably hundreds of people yeah, um, that we know of. Um, he is planning to return to the stage in London uh, as a comeback tour. Uh, I'm not even going to, I mean, it's, do it's not ridiculous. Want. Do, do not, not want. want, do not want, but I guarantee you if it goes well in London, it will be coming stateside at some point. And if indeed it does show up here in the great state of Minnesota, in the city of Minneapolis or St. Paul or any of our surrounding suburbs, I just want us to all remember that this isn't the way that we honor people who have been victims. Mm hmm. Yeah, he has left a lot of trauma. Yes, and we don't need to sit in a in a seat and laugh at him. Right. Again, we have a everybody have a has everybody has a choice. Yeah. about which voices they want to amplify, and you know sometimes, and I think you know we've talked about this in this case with Bill Cosby, where on one hand, you know we just want to ignore him. Yeah, and we don't want to talk about him. And we just want to leave him over there mm-hmm. and then be like, have a night, have a life, have a life, have a life. Yeah. I mean, not even have a nice life, have just a life, have live. a life, just live just, until just you're live. done with that, you know, but then at the same time, there is an obligation where we need to talk about things because they are part of the conversations that are being had. Right. But we do have a choice on whether or not if this show comes stateside, vintage storytelling Mm -hmm. with Bill Cosby, there is a choice to be made. Yeah. Are you going to be supporting this voice? Because you will be supporting that if you buy a ticket for this or if you watch it or if you participate in any way, you are making a choice. But you can also make a different choice. Right. And I will just say, (laughs) like, if you're putting your money toward uh, putting further, putting this person on a pedestal who tore down and ruined the lives of many, many women. Yes. You are you are making a choice to not be supportive. You cannot support the women and support him at the same time. Mm-hmm. You can't do that. Yeah. And so buying a ticket, sitting and listening to him because he reminds you of your childhood or whatever reason you're able, you know, gymnastics you're able to do. We're just not going to do that. So anyway, that's my lesson. I'm, I'm on a soapbox, but. Well, it's a good soapbox to be on because it's, a reminder that you have the power to amplify or deamplify voices yep. with your money, with your time and your attention, because people like Louis C.K., people like Bill Cosby, they're not necessarily going to you know go away, so no. to speak. And they're, no. they're going to be doing their things. But you have a choice on who you're going to be paying attention to, who you're going to support with your time, mm-hmm. your money, your thoughts, your ideas. And, and there all are that. lots of people out there with um, voices that are, have not been heard yet. Oh, yeah. That are 
equally talented, if not more, and deserve to have your attention. Exactly. Put your money over there. Yeah. Put it put it in the direction of the vibe. There yes. are people out there who are talented, who want your eyes, who want your ears, who need your money. Yeah. So let's give the love in that direction. When we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show, Holly has learned something about her spouse that was mildly upsetting, and we need some advice from you, our listeners. Uh, we'll, you know what? I won't even ask the question. We will lay it all out for you when we come back. Uh, be thinking about Pixar movies, though, after this on My Talk 1071.